يو اويكم تو سبوت انسيس نتورك من جاب فوتبول خلوني اقول لك هانكو عبد الحميد عبد الكريم ذا نوصل كومي فوتبول Yes, this episode comes to be an interesting one. We shall be discussing about the saga between Nigerian Football Federation and the Super Falcons, and of course, the flying with the unpaid wages of uh, the, Super, the Super Falcons, and of course, the uh, flying heroes. And we shall also be discussing about Samuel Okwaraji, I mean, the man who died. Why don't you call us of the Super Falcons of Nigeria? Why has he not been immortalized up to, the, I mean, up to this present moment? And of course, we'll also be talking about our players in Europe, and of course, as the new uh, European season has started, and we shall be focusing on uh, Sam Echokoize of AC Milan, and of course, uh, Victor Osimhen of I mean, of Napoli. Which of them have the higher chances of yeah of winning the Italian Serie A? I mean, this season. Yes, I shall not be working alone on the show. I have with me Amza Alassane, of course, a brother Ibrahim, the one we call Liberty. Uh, without wasting much time, I mean, let's kick start with the. Let me decide between the only saga between the Nigerian Football Federation and the Falcons, particularly. I mean, don't forget that it has been claimed that the Falcons have been owed two years camp bonuses and, uh, and of the coach from the Warriors that he has not been paid, that he's been owed by the Nigerian Football Federation. Amza, I mean, what on earth is going on? In fact, it's, it's the NFF, I mean, uh, the set of words are in the public, and uh, we are even hearing news that um, Victor Simeon that they, they are threatening to ban Victor Simeon from Super Eagles due, due to the fact that due to his um, uh, public support for the team. I mean, why is it that? Why is it why, why are the Nigerian Football Federation? Why are they finding it difficult to pay these ladies? It's so unfair that these ladies have done so much for Nigeria and yet they've not been paid their Abdulhamid um it's um quite um pathetic that um we go all over this I think since I started following Nigerian football um this has always been something that comes up from time to time that um, the player that had played for the Super Eagles at one point or any national team done in the green, white, green colors of Nigeria will not be paid as and when due. I think it's a general problem. But what I can't understand and what I can't put my head around is does it have to be due with the um, budgetary allocation? You know, um, the system of government we run in Nigeria and how we run expenses in Nigeria. At the commencement or towards the commencement of every fiscal year, um, each um, department, ministry, extra ministerial department um, in the country submits a budget to um, the National Assembly and then um, the minister in charge of that um, ministry, in this instance, the Minister of Youth and Sports, goes before the National Assembly to defend the budget. And um, one would say that they don't really know the competitions Nigeria will be entering from that's preparing the budget for every fiscal year. Of course, we know next year Nigeria will be participating in the AFCON. We know the qualifiers, the Super Eagles might be playing. We know the matches or the competition, every um, team, 
whether age grade, male or female, will be playing. So uh, it beats me hollow because we know all these things. And these are things that you know you prepare. You have um, accounting officers um, in each ministry that prepare for all these things. So what I don't understand is, do they make budgetary provisions for this money? If they do, so what happens? Could it be because of um, lack of finance that um, money budgeted for was not released? So we need to begin to ask some of these questions to really understand why this problem has become a recurring decimal in our football circle. So it's quite pathetic, Abdul Hamid, but I can't seem to put my head around it. But one thing I know is anybody that works should be paid his dues as and when due. So it's practically inexplicable. Um, I will come to the matter of Victor Simen um, and Judy Gallo and um, um, the then Super Eagle striker Victor Anichebe much, much later, Abdul Hamid. But it's quite pathetic. So we need to understand what the issues are. And it's good that the National Assembly had said uh, that they will call um, the representative of the NFF for Ipali sometimes um, during the week. So let's see what comes out of that. But we need to really know what really the problem is. Is this money budgeted for? If it is budgeted for, was it released? If it was released, why did it not get to the appropriate quarters? Those are very, very important questions we need to be asking, and that answer should be provided for Abdul Hamid. All right. I mean, I leave that when if this is a budgetary problem, I mean, don't you think the Nigerian Football Federation should come out and tell us that it's a budgetary, I mean, that this is a budgetary problem? I mean, because this is getting, I mean, it is getting so bad. Don't forget that during the World Cup, the world, the world knew about, I mean, the, the world discovered, I mean, discovered this mess and players like Ian Wright to pay these ladies. Well, you see, for Nigeria, I think the main cause, the main cause of these things is the fact that they do not really pay regard to the budget when they make promises. Because you promising each player five thousand dollars for qualifying for a competition, and promise them another thousand dollars for winning the competition, it shows that you've actually gone beyond your bounds. Because you know Nigeria is involved in a lot of football competitions, so I think the NFF, I, um, with all due respect to the NFF accountants and administrators. But I think they are taking the country for a joke by making false promises. Maybe they think they can just deceive people. And, but these people are professionals. You are meant to know how much you want to carry. There is no body mandating you to promise them huge amount of money. If you can only pay them a million dollars per competition, let them know and they will play for the love of the country. But when you promise them a high amount of money and you are able to pay one naira, that, that goes a long way to say that people they are people they are. Let's look at people, the coaches for Super Eagles, Flying League and the like. Some of them have been old for more than 12 months. Imagine coaching for one and several times and you are not paid. So now, and what when these coaches now start having issues, it's not criticizing them. No mind the fact that they are old for months and there's no one they could run to because the NFF just keep making promises and promises. These promises are never redeemed. And now the federal lawmakers are getting involved in the issue. Well, I hope that they'll be able to resolve this because it's now a global issue and everyone in the world knows that the Nigerian Football Federation is owing players who come to play for Nigeria. So what does this say to players that? I've not played for Nigeria in the next picture because there are players who, who would want to pick the Super Eagles over other countries in Europe. But when they hear this, they just decided to just stay back and play for maybe England, Australia, or the likes because they know that at least they won't be, they won't be facing ugly situations like this when they come back to play for Nigeria. Yeah, that's a very good one. And so, yeah, I, I did uh, like your point uh, that maybe it's also due to the 
that uh, uh, bike where they can cheat. But don't forget that it's not only limited to um, uh, with, uh, of course, camp allowances and of course, match bonuses. Uh, Super Falcons um, coach also being with his salary. I mean, well, let's hope that with the, is, the, the in, national assembly in campaign, two, uh, Last year, I want to confirm that the NFL was owing hotels, travel agents, and the likes. So, like, if you know you can't afford an hotel of 10k per night, why not for one you can afford? Must you, you know, just go beyond what they can afford? They try to keep this high class that they cannot, like, cannot afford. If you cannot live within your means, then you would have ugly incidents like this. Right. I, mean, I, I think Abdul and Liberty, I think it's a much, much um, fundamental issue. Now, in, in the process of budgeting, um, you to a very large extent, even me as an outsider that is not a member of the NFF, I could estimate what it means, you know, okay, for um, these fly eagles for each day they stay in camp. You already know the number of days you will open for camping, if it's a qualifier, if it's a tournament, and you know what the standard rate is, you understand? So I think, because I don't think um, I've heard people saying, oh, the money budgeted was overshot or... So most of these things, the NFF already knows these things. But the question that is begging for answer is, this money that we are budgeted up in issue as at the budgetary process or the budgeting process, where they, where they released, if they were released, where were they released to? Who is responsible? Somebody needs to take the blame. So I don't think it's the NFF um, just making promises. I don't think anybody will go to make promises that he doesn't have budgetary provisions for. You understand? Yes, I know sources of revenue for mm -hmm. the NFF involve exactly. um, sponsorship and like you have with ITU and the rest. And I also know there's also a source of revenue that is coming directly from the um, uh, Federal Ministry of Sports as um, call it an extraministerial department, call it a department, call it whatever you want to call it in the NFF, in the sports ministry. I know there's also statutory budgetary allocations. What happens to those monies? That is what we should be ask, asking before we now go to, okay, um, 10 naira or $10 was um, what was budgeted for. Why did you now promise $15? You know, we've gone halfway. Okay, $10 was budgeted for, but you promised $15. So which means you must still pay them $10. But in instances where nothing is paid, then I think it goes beyond making promises more than they can actually, actually fulfill Abdul Hamid. All right. Um, let's take uh, that takes me to the next topic about I mean um the lead task. Samuel I mean, who died on first while recently in Nigeria? Yes, he was said to have died. Don't know what it should be. What's up here, Angola and Lagos National Stadium in Surulere. Yes, in Lagos. I mean, Hamza, before we move to the main issue, I mean, were you opportunity to watch the match on TV? Not at all, not at all. I actually started watching um football. Um, I think with some level of consciousness in Senegal 92. I think precisely the first match I watched was the match, third place match in that um, tournament between Nigeria and Cameroon, 
where um, the late Rashid Yakini got the goal. But I'm um, 88, 89. No, I was still a very, very small picking guy. I hadn't started watching. I started watching at the age of seven, actually, as far back I can, I can remember. Okay, let's go. Okay, all right. For someone that died representing the country, I mean, why is it that the country has failed to honor his memory? I mean, his mother, I have listened to the interview with his mother where she was crying bitterly, where she was complaining bitterly that the Nigerian government has not done anything, I mean, to immortalize, I mean, a son who did very well, I mean, who, I mean, who, put, I mean, who showed his loyalty uh, towards the country. So, Abdul Habib, um, for me, I think um, much, much um, fundamentally, and um, you know the way I look at issues, I don't just look at issues on the surface. Now, the question is, um, ordinarily, um, what is the expectation? Um, what is in place, ideally designed for um, by Nigeria to immortalize, quote and unquote, their national heroes in this instance, in terms of um, playing football for the um, Super Eagles national team. Um, it takes um, two sides to a coin. We've heard that of um, the mother that is from the family of um, late Samuel Okwaraji. Uh, it's now for us to hear from either the sports ministry or the NFF to say, okay, this is truly what this person said. But at least as keen followers of um, Nigerian football, not much has been held head in terms of what um, Nigeria had done for the family of late um, Samuel Okwaraji, who died in active service playing for the Super Eagles of Nigeria. I think that should be about 34 years now, if I'm not mistaken. Abdul Hamid has fought at five years now. If I'm not 34 years old. Sorry, I had liberty. You said what? Yes, it was in 1989. Yes. 34 years now, to be precise. 34 years. Yes, he died exactly August 12th, um, 34 years ago, to be precise. Um, so, um, yes, exactly. So, so those are the questions we need to ask. The only thing I know um, that has a semblance of immortalizing Abdul Hamid and Liberty is at the entrance of the National Stadium in Suleri, you see a statue, a, a kind of statue of the portrait of um, the late um, Nigerian player. That is what has a semblance of immortalizing. But if that is the only thing this, um, the um, Nigerian um, Football Federation or the Sports Ministry or the Nigerian government had done so far in memory of this player, then that is not good enough. But again, we wait to hear if uh, NFF or the Sports Ministry or whoever is in charge will reply to that allegation by the mother of this late national icon, mm. Abdul Hamid. Mm. I mean, so, uh, Liberty, yeah, of course, um, Amda did make a very vital point that we don't know what uh, the NFF was related to this. Uh, but then, don't you think we have an history of failing to keep? Although there has not been, there has been no promises yet. I mean, heroes about particular. Um, about a particular gift, but at the end of the day, they will reach on their promises. I mean, for someone that, I mean, for a country that has, I mean, for a government that has such, um, such character, don't you think, um, 
it's not i mean it's i mean it's not surprising if they have not failed to do anything tangible uh for the late um national europe yeah when you see when you talk about the nff no metalizing it's actually a disappointing one because even the players that are still playing we hear news of nff owing these players and coaches so i'm sure that the nff makes a promise of immortalizing Okoraji, no one will take them serious until they are able to do it. Because I remember in 2015, the Mika as of Rapes spoke about immortalizing Okoraji. There was nothing, nothing from there. Then Nigeria Association of, of National uh, Nigeria Association of National Association of Nigerian Professional Footballers in 2020 spoke about immortalizing Okoraji. But there was there was nothing significant done about it. So what you look at is the fact that do we really immortalize the dead in Nigeria? Or we are just calling on this and hoping that someone would seek it deem it fit enough to do that because i uh, like the situation of owing players this does not sound the right message to all future players and it just shows that when you are playing for nigeria even while dead or alive they do little to appreciate what you do for them so you would have to do this out of love and not really expect much from nff or other people because they have shown that they care less about the footballers their welfare either dead or alive so i <laughs> It's very disappointing, and this is also sending the right message about Nigerian football to the rest of the world. Hmm. All right, let's just hope. I mean, those authorities just do the necessary thing because for someone to have, I mean, this guy was, I mean, he had a master in international law. In fact, um, like from the time his mother said, the day, uh, the day they said happened, I mean, the man they said happened, he had other engagements, but because of his commitment for the country. They had to come down to Nigeria. I mean, to come for Nigeria, but unfortunately, um, he died in active service. All right, guys, let's move. I mean, let's go to our final talking point of the show. I mean, let's talk about I mean, Victor Sine of Napoleon, of course, Samet, who is of East Milan, uh, who are preparing to go head to head uh, for the uh, Serie High title. I mean, don't forget that last season, Napoleon won his uh, Serie High um, with, uh, with Osime, helping the partner pay to their thoughts, um, because, of course, their first Serie A title in 33 years. I mean, at, at Liberty, I mean, what are the chances of some two places AC Milan against uh, Osimis Napoli? Uh, well, if you look at the size, mm-hmm. I would say there is a very, very big disparity. And it's very, very, I would say it's easier for the police team to win Serie A than AC Milan side. Actually, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer no, no and it's obvious because when you look at people they join in this Milan, it does not really improve the side as much as Usman has done to the side. And we played with the bulk of players, and I wouldn't want to go into it because we're talking about Nigerian footballers mainly, but with the disparity, disparity in, in difference. I, I see Usman, okay. I see Usman having, having an edge. Okay. Now, last season, uh, we saw Squeezy. I mean, we called him um, his best return. Yes, in the follows of Villarreal, he recorded 13 goals and he assist in all competitions. I mean, I mean, with now he has now uh, gone to Milan, the South American champions. I mean, don't you, you feel? I mean, it can inspire them. So, Osimhen is not So um just to chip in um head to head, I think um Victor Simon would look very likely to have a better season than um 
Chukweze because he's been in um the uh, Serie A for some seasons now, not just the Serie A, yeah, it, it just not just the Serie A, but also um the same club. So his understanding of the club will be much much better than um a player like um, Chukweze who is coming from an entirely different league into um AC Milan. But for the fact that AC Milan um, is beginning to become the same AC Milan we used to know then, um, you know, for some time, AC Milan uh, had not been very, very consistent when it comes to the um, Serie A. Yeah, I agree, they won the 2020, uh, 2022 edition of um, the Italian Serie A. But before then, the last one they won was 11 years back in 2011. My point exactly is AC Milan is also a very AC Milan is also a very strong side in the um, Serie A at the moment, um, based on their last um, season's performance. And um, so, when you look at it, Abdul Hamid, um, it's very likely that um, the positioning of AC Milan as um, one of the strong clubs in um, the Serie A would also reflect, you know, at times a player might be very, very good. A player might be very, very determined. A player might be very, very committed. But football is not a one-man game. No one man can do it. So if the team you are playing with mm. has the momentum, if the team you are playing with has the talent, if the team you are playing with is also as committed as... So it's a game, it's a team game. Then it's very, very likely that um, Victor... Uh, sorry, Samuel Chukweze will have a good season. But comparatively, I still think... Um, what's his name now? Vitor Simen has a slight edge uh, compared to um, uh, Samuel Chukwesi. But I tip both of them to have very good seasons. Yeah. So both um, Napoli and um, AC Milan are looking very, very likely to have good season, and that will also be replicated, barring any injuries in the um, um, seasons of this, their individual players in the presence of Victor Simen for um, Napoli and um, Chukwese for AC Milan Abdulhamid. Yeah, I mean, Ibati, finally, I know this is obviously, but I know you should be aware of this by now. Um, Nigerian striker, Red Hot striker, Gift Oban has been linked to move to Tottenham Sport to replace Ali King. I mean, do you feel, I mean, if you take that move, well, it's a very, very big leap for his career, and uh, well, I I hope that he'll be able to take that that start step because it 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 produces it produces him to a wider audience, and if he's able to replicate his performance in two to three games when when he arrives, I see him replacing Richarlison because Richarlison has been productive up front for sports, and having a striker like Giftoban who is young bringing more dynamism to the side, it's very very good one for Nigerian football because it gives us more strikers in the EPL. And still what the Jiran strikers are made of. Thank you very much. Guys, this will be Charlie Just permit me to add jobs. that um, I had the privilege of watching um a match today, um, a novelty match per se, um tagged um JJ at 50. I memories came back. I saw some um, legendary football. Uh, African and football, uh, Nigerian football stars in the persons of um, goalkeeper Peter Rufai, Ikesho Romo, um, the likes of Ifa Yude, mm -hmm. Gentle Giant, Uche Okechuku. Um, I also saw Taribu Westdo. He didn't really play a good part in the competition. 
also saw stars like Halunu Fadiga, Emmanuel Adebayo, um, Asamoa Gyang, and Co. Uh, Joseph Yobo, and a whole lot, lot of them playing at the Mobolaji <laughs> Arena today, um, bringing back those old memories. It was a good sight to behold. Of course, Jeju Okocha is um, 50 at the moment. He's a legend that lives on. It was a good sight to behold, though some of the players look very, very heavy. Very, very heavy, especially Joseph Yobo, Daniel Amokachi, and the rest. But it was a good sight to behold, Abdul Hamid. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, this will show you to